Hello and welcome to Smiling in Hell 2.0, Life After Retirement and Then Some. I'm your host, Larry Peterson, reading through some blog posts from uh, days gone by. And uh, today's uh, post is going to be actually chapter 19 called God Bless the Fathers and Other Stuff. Yeah, so uh, I wrote this uh, back around Father's Day. Um and uh, certainly as a card-carrying member of that worthy and honorable uh, brotherhood, I deemed it a worthy topic to spackle in this edition of Smiling in Hell. So uh, let's face it, dealing with the current unpredictable, unbelievable, political, global, socio-medical, scientific, well, sort of anyway, spiritual, sexual, God, what's that anymore? And especially exciting developments in the Marvel Universe, Along with many other challenges, being a dad these days has certainly propelled those of us who try to be a, quote, good father into a particularly disconcerting level of smiling in hell. Now, historically, uh, there have always been challenges in the inevitable and ongoing passing, passing of the generational baton. And they've been going on since Adam asked Cain if he knew where his bro was. Oh, gee, I don't know, Dad. Hey, he's your son. Or when that first son stopped riding a horse and came home from a, with a newfangled automobile. What? A horse isn't good enough for you? A horse was good enough for my father. It's good enough for me. But no, you have to have a car. Sheesh, these kids today. Not that there weren't serious critical issues that parents and especially fathers have had to deal with for centuries. Seeing any child go off to war, die of any type of illness or accident, have their heart broken, or deal with major life disappointments and numerous other life events are all scenarios that put any father or mother, for that matter, in very difficult and precarious positions. I, thank God, have been blessed that as a father in partnering with my wife to raise our one and only daughter not to have to deal with most of the child-rearing challenges listed above. Oh, having just graduated from high school and they started college, she started college and turned 18. How was that possible? We had our share of disappointments and traumas that most kids had to go through, but fortunately, none of them were physically damaging, emotionally destructive, or again, thank God, fatal. A good example of a major at the time disappointment took place while our little girl was enrolled at a local Taekwondo center. And, okay, she was doing really well, progressing steadily, even quickly, through the myriad of ranks and belt colors on her way to her goal of a black belt, which she not only achieved, but actually continued and reached the rank of third-degree black belt by the time she was 14. Okay, insert photo of proud papa here. Now, as part of this program, she participated in a number of taekwondo tournaments held several times a year. Kids and grown-ups from all over would come to share their skills and compete with others for medals and recognition. And while a little hectic and somewhat intimidating for our preteen young gal, we attended where she was signed up to show off her form and spar with other girls of the same age and size in a combat weapons competition. Well, she was, as usual, spot on with her form demonstration. Oh, yeah. And in fact, meddled in that event. Insert Proud Papa photo number two here. 
and was then signed up to compete in the combat weapons, which in this case was a foam padded bat event. Not as competent in this as her form, she was at any rate a trooper and entered the ring where she got a first look at the kid she was assigned to spar. She was huge, looked to be about 25, and had a two days growth of beard. David had better odds against Goliath. But being the trooper she was, she went in swinging and quickly saw that not only was she outreached, she was outstrength and couldn't land or hit or even effectively block a hit. This Godzilla was so big and strong that she just muscled her way past my daughter's blocks and clobbered her over and over. It was a massacre, not only physically, but emotionally too. You know, there are a few things in the world that can bring this semi-professional dad to his knees. And seeing my kid break into tears is certainly one of them. While it doesn't happen often and has only occurred once or twice because of me, it nevertheless turns me to jelly. So when after being pummeled and outmatched in this event, my little soldier turned away with tears of flowing, it tore me up. Not by nature being an aggressive little league or soccer dad who gets in refs' faces and such. I, I held my, uh, uh, I don't know, I, I, I held my angst until after said match. And while mom dried the tears, expressed my displeasure at such a one-sided affair. And while the refs agreed the other girl had some advantage, there wasn't anything they could do. And so my little Rocky was knocked out in the first match. Like I said, not a life-altering or permanently damaging affair, but at the time, devastating to the point where she never participated in another tournament again, despite the urgings from her coach and trainer, a seventh-degree black belt pro himself, who saw great promise in our own little Ralph Macchio. Anyway, thanks, but no thanks. That was enough. Thank you. So it is that what were major disappointments and traumas at the time when looking at them in retrospect, pale in comparison to some of the trials and tribulations other mutters and fodders have had to deal with during their parental lives. Take my folks, for example. May they both rest in peace. Now, as some of you regular readers may recall, I grew up, well, sort of anyway, in the Cleveland suburb of Parma, recently listed as a great place to retire by travel and leisure. I mean, go figure. I had an older brother who, as a young kid, was pretty much the image of the all-American boy, at least through his early years at John Muir Elementary School. Oh, yeah, he got good grades, played basketball, Little League baseball, was captain of the safety patrol. Older girls loved those uniform belts, man, and was well-liked by all of his teachers. I hated it. See, when I followed along at the same school four years later, all I heard from the folks who knew him was, I hope you're as good a student as your brother, which of course I wasn't. Oh, I had the grades, making pretty much straight A's, but I wasn't much of an athlete, preferring instead to sing in the choir, belong to the Rocket Club, be on the AV, uh, that's audio, visual, to you team, and other pretty much non-sportular activities. Oh, and Boy Scouts. I was a scout, but never made it past Tenderfoot, which is pretty much the lowest level you can reach other than not joining at all. Anyway, I was pretty much a nerd. But my folks never had to worry about me getting in trouble. I was never called to the principal's office, was never kept after school, was often allowed to clap the erasers, and was, as an AV kid, 
allowed to go to the equipment room, check out the required equipment, be it a movie, slide, or film strip projector. Remember them and, and roll it down the halls to the classroom and back, much akin to being entrusted with the crown jewels. It was pretty hefty responsibility. So despite not being a jock or captain of the guards, although I was a corner crossing guard, I was a good kid. Looking back on it now, I was actually pretty boring, kind of cute, but boring. But at least my folks didn't have to worry about me, well, too much anyway. Which was why some years later, I realized why they were so grateful to me being a good kid, since they were dealing with my brother who had taken a 90 degree turn and entered a nightmarish world of heroin use, which included stealing, lies, disappearing for days, forcing my parents to the brink of bankruptcy thanks to dealer debts, being caught by and working with the local police and eventually having to leave town to avoid retribution from the local pushers. One of them showed up at our house one night looking for him after he was gone. Funny, I got a look at the guy and to me, he looked like a clean cut fraternity guy from one of the local colleges, but scarier than Freddy Krueger. That was why my occasional B or even a C on my report card was never greeted with more than a you're doing fine, but you can do better speech and never a drag over the coals. Compared to what they were dealing with on the other side of the hall made my modest antics and hijinks like breaking a tooth, playing basketball or jumping off the roof of a neighbor's garage to impress my older brother and his friends. Yeah, I didn't die, but my back is still paying for it today. Anyway, it looked pretty tame. So when I look back on all the issues, the pain, fear, hurt, financial struggles, and my brother's eventual death in a motorcycle accident while I was in college that my dad had to deal with, it really puts the dadular challenges I've had with my own kid. It seemed like a day at the beach. But that's what dads do, right? whether it's providing solace and support after getting trounced by a female behemoth in a taekwondo match to paying off a drug dealer to avoid a trip to the morgue, we do what it takes. We never get a manual on what to expect or how to do it, so we wing it. We try to make the best choices, provide as good an example as we can, which, which for some of us is really hard, and basically hope for the best. For dads, though, it's a lot different today than when I was a kid. We had our bad influences like my dad's playboy in his bedside table drawer or my mom occasionally sneaking a smoke from a pal mouth with no filter. But at least when my dad was asked if he had kids, he could easily answer proudly, yep, two boys. Nowadays, some dads are stuck having to answer, yep, three kids, one of each, or yep, four kids. One of each and a player to be named later. There are growing up situational enigmas throughout our society today that make my jumping off the neighbor's garage or breaking a window with a BB gun seem like pretty small potatoes. At least my folks didn't have to worry about the kid's laptop ending up in the hands of the FBI. Of course, when I was growing up, our laptops were made of wood. So this is just an example, a simple way to say that as a dad, I can really appreciate what my own father went through, making sure we never worried about where our next meal was coming from, where we were going to sleep that night, or if we would have heat in the depth of the Cleveland winters. While we were never considered rich, we were comfortable, 
and eventually were even able to enjoy the blessing of belonging to a small local golf club in North Carolina where another whole spate of smiling in hell adventures were born. But my old man was my best friend, supporter, and personal fan club, and even though he went to play at Heavenly Links Golf Club in 1999, not a day goes by that I don't think of him and miss him. So in closing, to all of those fathers and you mothers who are mothers and fathers and fathers who are mothers too and so on, I wish you continued blessings and strength. Hang in there and though you might not hear it from your own kids, uh, happy Father's Day if this is Father's Day. So with that, I want to say thanks for listening to Smiling in Hell 2.0, Life After Retirement and Then Some. Uh, this is your host, Larry Peterson, saying I'll be back shortly. In the meantime, have a great day.